When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In sports, if you want to be the best, there are no off days. Well, the fact that we are still here is evidence that we did not win the Powerball uh, this last week. Chris Cato, Scott Smith. uh, So close. All your dreams of quitting and then gallivanting around the college football landscape. You know, buying that RV, buying yeah. that RV. If only I'd known that the Powerball number could be the same as one of the white ball numbers. I mean, that's that's mind blowing. That threw I off did. your formula. Of course, uh, you were just a number off. You now know. I know I'm going to pick a white ball number every time. Well, you could still number. be a college football gypsy here on today's uh, podcast. Welcome into the Nod Pod, Scott Smith and Chris Cato, and of course behind the uh, curtain in the production room, we bring in our very own producer Brian King. Uh, he is the Ed McMahon to this uh, clearing. House sweep, sweepstakes. I'll take that. Always walking around with a giant check, waiting to present. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Brian, do you play, Brian? You are you uh, you a gambling man? Uh, I gamble, but I don't play the Powerball. Okay. Do we need to ask any more questions? Yes. <laughs> any more follow? <laughs> any more follow-ups? I think him joining this podcast is a gamble. It sure is. Yeah. Uh, I think it's paying off handsomely right now. Uh, Brian, what do we have in store today on the big program? Got a good show uh, today. We got it's. You know, Daytona 500 is a Super Bowl of NASCAR. Of well, I guess the championship, which is this weekend, would be the World Series or maybe Stanley Cup. Well, that's what's going on this weekend, and we're going to talk to Ross Chastain. That would be called mixed metaphors. Yes, it would. Hey, Ross kind of, Chastain, the watermelon man. The watermelon guy, exactly. He's in the uh, championship four, final four drivers, and uh, we'll talk to him, get his thoughts about the final race and what has been just a great season for him. And we'll also talk about uh, with. One of our good friends, Larry McReynolds, yeah. he'll join us and get his Larry. thoughts. I hope we've got. I some always extra. applaud Larry. I hope we got extra time for Larry. Yeah, he's going to give us some McNuggets today. He will. He was full. He's going to be full of McNuggets. He yeah. can spin a yarn for sure. Yeah, no. Yes. Larry's uh, Larry's a gem. Ross is a great guy, local guy, and so looking forward to talking to both of these gentlemen. So it's a little yeah. NASCAR. I mean, this is Brian's sweet spot right here. I know. He's My wheelhouse. He's yeah. been training for this his whole life. Yeah, this I know, is, uh, you, Brian grew up in Alabama. I think we've mentioned that before. So big, you know, you've got to grow up go. with a NASCAR driver, right? We're Brian? five minutes into the show. You've already <laughs> mentioned Alabama. We told you there was a moratorium on mentioning Alabama. Good night. Every single show. All right. Well, we will have much more on that. And then at the end of the show, anything we can look forward to? Well, you kind of mentioned it uh, a little bit. We're going to look into the Powerball and some of the odds with this Powerball. Uh, now it's going to be, I think, the jackpot's going to be. It's not too good, but I mean, <laughs> my gosh, what other chance do you have to, you know, bring it home one point two billion dollars now <laughs> for a two dollar investment, right? For a two dollar investment, depending yeah. on See, when. This, pe- yeah, but this is part of the the mindset that that you know of gambling. Yeah. Well, I just get two dollars up. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll make one point two billion. <laughs> well, if you're like me, it's three dollars because why not do the power play option? I, I mean, you invest a dollar more if you get the five white balls, then you double your winnings. Why wouldn't I do that? I don't like the the mental road trip I go on when I buy a, a lotto ticket. Which is? Which is, I, you know, you can't help but you know you're not going to win, but you you still kind of do the whole, like, well, it would be nice to do this and to do that. And How do you know you're not going to win, though? Someone wins eventually. Someone wins. 
It's, it's not his it's name not, is not Scott Smith. He, he may be a Scott Smith. There's enough of us out there, but <laughs> I maybe by virtue if if another Scott Smith won, depending, I would at you know least what? feel like something was being well. Depending on when people are listening to this, there's a drawing Wednesday and Saturday. There could be a Scott Smith out there that's already. One point something billion dollars richer. All it right. could be you. I hope it's you. Well, he should share with all Scott Smiths because if I know Scott Smiths, like I think I know Scott Smiths, <laughs> they're generous. They're very generous. Okay, we'll <laughs> Except see. for maybe one. All right. Thank you very much. All right, BK, we'll catch up with you a little bit later. Uh, if you're listening and you want to watch, go to fox13news.com/nonpod. If you're watching and you want to listen or subscribe, point the camera, the smartphone right there on the QR code on the screen. It'll take you to. Uh, the NodPod splash page. Oh, man. All you can hope for and more uh, existing there on the interwebs, Chris. You can listen. Click that listen tab. You can watch, rewatch, share with family, share with your best friends. Make more friends by sharing. Uh, take a moment to marinate in those NodPod juices. Of course, we appreciate your following the program. It is the NodPod juices that make it work. It right? is. Yeah. yeah, well, you got to have something to wait in, right? Um, so it's not just football season, Chris. It is, it, it is political season, and as, as two folks that are in the local news business, yeah. uh, we are quite familiar when it is uh, political season. And I, why is that? I, I think it's partly because we sit there during an hour-long newscast, and every commercial break, we hear one political ad after another, and I think yeah. I have them all memorized now. You just throw me a candidate, I can probably give you their uh, <laughs> particular <laughs> attack ad, but... Uh, <laughs> It is money-making season for yeah. uh, TV stations all across this fine globe, and I'm just uh, dying to see, like, I don't know, a car commercial, or remember those, or, you know, an ad for no. uh, a mattress wow. company or something. Yeah, Not that I don't appreciate the, the vast sums of money that politicians yeah. are throwing. Yeah, and, and it's uh, obviously lining your pockets quite handsomely. Well, yeah, sure. I, 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 yes. I'm in direct contact right. with the sell staff on this. You know who I'm going to vote for, Scott? This is what I've decided. Yeah, tell yeah, everybody. Yeah, beyond the TV ads, you get all these mailers just filling your mailbox mm -hmm. every day, overflowing with these things. In Florida, I guess, because we are more of a battleground state there's some big hotly contested national races here every day i come home and this stuff is just spilling out like and so i've decided i've kept them all since they started arriving about six weeks ago and i've kept track of how many uh each candidate has sent me and i've decided i'm going to vote for the candidate who sent me the least amount of mailers do you think that's a good strategy for electing our future it, I leaders i think that requires a little too much effort, but you know, I I'm getting I'm getting text messages. I get those too. Yeah, I don't know if you know this, but Jill Biden texted me the other day. Uh, you too? Yeah, <laughs> she called me Tom, so it was the wrong one. Oh no, it was Jim. Hey Jim, it's it's oh. Jill Biden. So I get I get these from time to time, and uh, I'm tempted to respond. You I don't know that that will lead anywhere. Uh, would you have, would you ever run for a political office? Do you see yourself down the road, a gray-haired Chris Cato uh, stepping into the the forum? You know, I do a lot of things that that hurt me, uh, that are kind of masochistic in a lot of ways. That's not one way I would torture myself. Mm. I, I don't know who in their right mind would want to uh, put themselves and their family through what it takes to hold political office. I just well, we hopefully can get somebody in their right mind, and that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not discourage good candidates That's from the running. Goal, right? uh, you know, I was thinking we kind of run this uh, little scenario here. Like, let's just imagine a scenario okay. in which you and I are running for political office, and um, I don't know, maybe we the the town of 
the town of Nod, the town of Nod Pod. The mythical town of Nod Pod. Okay. okay, that sounds so, plausible. Are we, or are we president or uh, mayor? I think we're running for mayor. Oh, he's the mayor of Nod Pod. So, and, and of course, there's going to be some, some mud slinging and uh, maybe some attack ads. Of course there will so, be. It's uh, politics. Without further ado, I'd like to actually share with you in this <laughs> mythical, again, <laughs> what that attack ad for have, you have you paid for the have you paid our nod pod cell staff for this ad you're about to run well there is, yeah there's a slush fund okay. so all right roll that videotape chris cato says he wants to be mayor of Nod, but leading political pundits have sounded the alarm question or doubt whether he is up to the job do simpsons t-shirt oh. and mom jeans really strike you as a guy fit to leave? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? That is, if he even wears a shirt at all. A shirtless uh, Power Ranger. Hey, it's hot out. Costumes are optional. Even Chris Cato's closest associates know the guy's got issues. Chris is obsessed. And his policies? A total disaster. He plans to do away with something as basic as plumbing. They poop in a hole in the ground. Say no to this masquerading nudist who, again, sometimes wears mom jeans and say yes to good plumbing and flush this data. I'm Scott Smith and I approve this message. Oh, I've I've already lost this race. <laughs> I haven't even launched my first counterattack ad. And, was it an effective ad? Uh, it was very effective. I feel like I'm going to vote against myself now <laughs> because most of the sound bites, I think uh, all of them you use there are uh, true things that well, I've said. Look, when you're running, you have to be careful what you say. This is the problem with being me and having my job and my mouth where I say a lot of things you do. that could be taken out of context. Well, who says they're out of context? Oh, talking about pooping in a hole in the ground, I was talking about a sloth, <laughs> not the general people of Nod Pod. Did you just call there. people of Nod slothful? Here I we mean, go again. My goodness. This guy. Well, I've not been slothful when it comes to creating my own counterattack okay. to hopefully Good. dissuade people from some of those things you just said. I could have gone in a lot of different directions yeah. with this because of all the material you've given me over the years. Scott Smith trims his fingernails at work. Scott Smith <laughs> hates fall. Scott Smith is in the left lane talking on his phone, and you're going to have to deal with it. Scott Smith brought the first Burmese python to Florida, and it was very pregnant. <laughs> but I've decided to hunker down on one particular issue that I think voters of NodPod should be aware of you. So here we go with the ad. Oh boy. The land of NodPod needs a mayor who can fix problems. Scott Smith just has problems. Okay. I have a lot of issues. I have a lot of issues. Smith sweats when he's lying and he's always sweating. Marinate in the NodPod juices. So and Smith holds illegal chicken fights in his backyard. And all you gotta do to get them coming? He even has to sleep in a cage during full moons because he turns into a werewolf. It, it rattled my cage a bit, okay? Scott Smith, a sweaty, chicken-fighting werewolf. Nodpod needs a mayor who knows the issues, not one who has them. Okay. I have a lot of issues. I'm Chris Cato, and I approve this message. <laughs> Very good. Very good. I see. I, I sense a similar theme. We're uh, we're attacking each other. Political season yeah. is ugly. It's ugly. Now it I, ugly. I don't even know that I want to move forward with this, but we're gonna have to, Chris. <laughs> we're gonna have to actually get into the real matchup this weekend, uh, and it's not between you and I. It's between Georgia and Tennessee Ooh. in college football. So we have one versus two, best offense versus best defense. Uh, you know, this is two undefeated teams slugging it out. Is this Tennessee's time to rise? Uh, what say you when you look at this matchup? Well, I love it because it not only 
this will settle the SEC East. It will determine who plays in the SEC's championship game. It has such bearing on the college football playoff. Um, and it's like you said, it's the matchup of offense and defense, but Georgia's offense is really good too. I think they're just three or four teams behind Tennessee in scoring. I think Georgia's something as we record this, there's something like a seven or eight point favorite. Eight and a half. Yeah, and that's about the way I see this going, even though it's burned me before betting against Tennessee. I think Georgia is going to remind everyone why they are the defending national champion. And I see them just running the ball down Tennessee's throat to keep that Tennessee offense off the field and, and winning by about by about a touchdown probably there in Athens. What about I'd, you? I'd like to think that it's going to be a little bit closer than that, but I do see Georgia winning. I mean, Tennessee just – I don't know that they've had the road kind of – gristle that you need um you know they've played all but two games at home and um this is a georgia team that not only do they have the best defense a defense that tennessee has not quite seen yet though bama is good but their offense is you know maybe the best those tight ends are I mean, crazy right yeah, yeah so i just think georgia is completely loaded and aside from just you know an abnormal performance turnovers something like that that i think georgia wins but i'm hoping that it's going to be closer to like a three or four point game but you know this is one of those games with, with a month left in the season it feels like this one's all, for all the marbles in yeah, in right. some ways it, could it be a potential uh you know forecast to the, the national championship game or at least the, the playoff and this always kind of brings up the discussion of whether or not that 14 playoff is valuable or not and and I, i'll bring in uh, bk with this because I know that you're very passionate about it, Brian. Uh, but the expansion of 12 teams is going to happen. And it's going to happen, you know, 2026 at the very latest, but maybe even 2024. And in that situation, does this game carry less weight? I would say no. It, yeah. it carries no less weight. But I know, Brian, that you stand opposed to me in many facets of life, but especially on this key topic. Well, I mean, it, it, it would carry less weight because, you know, a, a loss by Tennessee, I mean, sure they have another path to the uh, to the playoff, but, you know, with a 12-team playoff, they have multiple avenues to get there. You know, if you use the Alabama-LSU game, for instance, if Alabama loses that game to LSU Saturday, they're done in the playoffs. Yeah. So a 12-team playoff, Bama's still alive. So, yes, games here in the first week of November will have more importance in a 14-team playoff in a, as a, you know, compared against a 12-team playoff. And, and this is why you favor the current 14 model. Correct? I like the 14 model. I mean, I'm, I'm – You'd probably prefer, like, a, just a two-team model, right? That's not, no, no, I like the 14. I'd go up to six, you know, and include, you know, conference champions and stuff. Oh, but I, wow. I think it's just not going to – 12 team, just adding more is not going to make it better necessarily. Yeah, no, it will. A adding more will make it better. Adding more will make it more uh, intriguing. It will bring about more storylines. It will bring about more teams in the hunt. Whether or not we, – we all understand what, what's what's going on here. We, we want to attract more eyeballs. We want to carry the season on even longer. And uh, and this is how you do it. It's not it, – it, it is fundamentally about finding the number one team in the country, and we'll get there. And a 12-team or a 4-team is going to figure that out either way. You can probably do it with a 2-team, to be quite honest. But this is, this is going to bring in more viewers. It's going to make some of those games around the fringes that much more meaningful, down the stretch a little bit more meaningful, and it's casting a wider net. And that's I think that's a good thing. If you're a college football fan um, that, you know, look – I would go as, as wide as you want to expand this net. I, I don't want to uh, trigger you guys by saying that I would go uh -oh. even more than 12 teams. But I think that this is good. 
This is this is what we yeah. want. We want more meaningful games in December rather than in November. And whoever wouldn't watch this game when it's a 14 playoff or when it's a 12 team playoff, but they would if it's 14. I mean, that the profile of that college football fan, I don't believe really exists. I'm not, I'm not saying they wouldn't watch this game, but I'm just saying, yeah, I think you're kind of going far fetched thinking that a Wake Forest NC State game that could have playoff implications in a 12 team playoff, that, that's also going to be. You know, yeah, busting no. the ratings here on a well, ESPN say, two. It, it, no, but it will. It it will. Well, I think it keeps more people invested. Fans of Wake Forest and NC State, and you know, I've I've gone 180 on this. I used to just think, let's keep it at four. Four is working because our goal is to find the two or three best teams, and that's what it's done every year. But it's also, and Brian, you have to admit, it's excluded a great portion of the country. And we love college football. We want college football is best when the whole country is invested. Right now, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson have played in. 75% of the playoff games, you know, throw Oklahoma in there a few years, and you've had four or five teams that have taken all the slots almost every year. The Pac-12's almost always left out. If you if you go to 12 teams, if it were 12 teams this season, you would have a number of teams. Like Utah has two losses, a very good football team, though. Like, they could get in a playoff and, and make a run. And I think also it would keep uh, players and coaches more invested. We tell ourselves November is the games you remember but right now it's not that that way for a lot of programs that have two or three losses you see players opting out you know you see fan bases that are less engaged you see coaches that may be looking for the next gig so i think expanding this thing does keep more teams locked in invested deep into the season and keeps the interest there and when we get to december these other bowl games that will become part of the 12 team playoff they actually matter again they have it no one's getting excited anymore about going to some of these kind of second-tier bowl well, games. I think it kind of hits on just the natural impulse that we all have as, as sports fans. Like, do we care more about games when there's a number in front of a team's name? Yeah, yeah, we do. Even if it's a preseason ranking that is not based on anything that's happened within the last, you know, several months of, of the year. Like, we want to know, like, what games are important. And then I will watch. Okay. Brian's going to launch a, an attack ad against us now, I feel like. <laughs> These guys are glaring, glaring a hole right through us yeah. as we speak. All right, let's switch things up. Um, last week, Ross Chastain, uh, we, he's one of our guests, uh, you know, coming up here in just a minute. But my goodness, that finish at Martinsville, the second to last race in this playoff run, he was going down that final lap, Chris. He needed to make up some ground because he was outside the top four, needed to pass at least two guys. At least that's what we thought at the, at the time. Uh, there was an inspection issue with that, which I believe was uh, Brad Keselowski. Correct me if I'm wrong, BK. But that, so he he's down that final half mile stretch, and and he pulls off the craziest video game move you've ever seen. He rides that that wall all the way in, sparks flying, and he does. He I think he passes four cars, yeah. going 70 miles an hour faster than anybody else. Passes his good buddy Denny Hamlin, and finishes. <laughs> <laughs> fourth in the race and now he's in the playoff it was an incredible run he looked like he had been sped up just his video of his car yeah, right. someone uh, shuttled it forward it was in, it was days of thunder it was insane how he just said okay it's squeezed between that wall and those other cars this was this is the equivalent of a, of a hail mary in an nfc championship game uh, this is this is maybe like a stealing home in a walk-off situation in like the, the American League Championship Series. Like yeah. it's, it's not in the biggest game, but it's a crazy move to finally get yourself in. And uh, wow, the way he did it was was phenomenal. So needless to say, he's one of the big storylines heading into this final race in Phoenix. Unfortunately, 
Chris. We we had an opportunity to chat with him before before the race. So we weren't able to ask him about the most momentous moment of his of entire the- career. Uh, but it, it's still a conversation worth listening to. Ross is a great guy. And uh, he's, of course, a Florida native from southwest Florida. So uh, we were lucky enough to, to chat with him before last week's race. All right, he has taken the Cup Series by storm this year and taken aim at a championship, Chris. He is the driver of the number one Moose Fraternity Chevy Camaro ZL1 for Trackhouse Racing. Let's welcome to the program Ross Chastain. Ross, welcome on in. Uh, I got to start with this because you are a Florida guy. You are a Florida native. And, of course, uh, Hurricane Ian rolls through. Your family resides in southwest Florida. That's where the the watermelon farms are. How's everybody doing? Uh, What's the situation like now? Yeah, they're, they're cleaning up. They're rebuilding. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Uh, we're in Fort Myers, uh, Alva, just to, just to the east, northeast of Fort Myers. And uh, we're inland enough, but we are on the Clusahatchee River. So a lot of storm surge came up and flooded a lot of our neighbors' houses. Uh, some family did get flooded, but um, everybody's okay. Everybody, everybody, you know, made it through it uh, that we know we did have you know, neighbors that, that we did lose though. And it's, um, larger and more pinpointed impact than, than any of us could have ever imagined for our little town. So, um, I haven't been there since the storm. I was there about a week before and only really have those memories, but we'll be back in a few weeks after our season wraps up. And, um, you know, they, everybody I talked to, and my dad just says that I won't be able to really believe what I see. It's just, nothing like we've ever seen at home. So yeah, um, it's tough. a long, long rebuilding process, but uh, that's the great thing about it, right? We can, uh, we can get up and rebuild and barns and houses can be rebuilt and we'll, uh, we'll go on. Well, you are providing a great distraction for a lot of people there in your hometown. The season you're having, Ross, a career-defining season. How did first season with track house racing in that number one, how did this all come together so well this season? What do you pin it on? Uh, I mean, it's the people, man. It's, it's, yeah, we're, we're new and we're definitely, we're, this is the first year of a two car team standing on our own two feet as track house racing, but we've got good people. And, and the, the group we have in Concord, North Carolina is just, they just bought into Justin and Pipple's vision for this team and this brand, this track house is going to be bigger than just a NASCAR team, which is, which is big. That's a big deal to have two cars in the cup series, but you will continue to see Trackhouse as as the brand grow and expand into other sports and other businesses far beyond just us. And buying into that and realizing we're a part of a, something bigger um, was key at the beginning together with this new car that NASCAR and the France family rolled out for us this year uh, was really the, it's the reason that Trackhouse is in the sport is because we had a clean slate and uh, we bought in early, and we've taken full advantage of it. Well, isn't Pitbull's nickname Mr. Worldwide? Right. Is, is Globalization. That, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he was kind of selling that on the front end, Ross. You should have known what you were in for, I guess, right out of the gates. Uh, but you have a great teammate in Daniel Suarez as well. Is is the plan? You mentioned expansion here. Uh, that next season we got another another driver on the team. I'm not even talking about NASCAR. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> letting y'all know that Trackhouse will be bigger than just even the sport of NASCAR, and you, you already see it now in other sports and golf and MMA, and, and you're going to continue to see it. Um, it's, it's something that I'm proud to to wear the Trackhouse brand, um, you know, because I, I realize how much bigger and, and how much more of a platform it's going to allow me 
to stand on as it continues to grow outside of what we do in the sport. So, uh, nope, not talking about any cars. I, that's not what I meant. <laughs> are but, we looking um, at, are we with Pitbull? He's, uh, you know, endorsed every beverage known to man. He currently has his own line of vodka. Are we with your watermelon farming business? Are we looking at a mashup here, a wow, watermelon yeah. infused vodka? Is that where this is headed? That sounds good. Hey, no, no idea. Um, that's for people way smarter than me to decide. Uh, I Doesn't just that to sound decide. good though? I mean, you got that's 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 got potential. If if Armando wants to do it, we'll do it. Uh, Chris is trying to get on the ground floor. It sounds <laughs> like uh, on this, yeah. with, uh, giving you the brainchild. But you know, you uh, you have grinded in your career and uh, known as the busiest guy in NASCAR and. Um, racing all three series at, at certain points in your career, fighting for a ride, and uh, the instability has, has kind of been a thing, a marker in some ways in, in the early parts of your career. Now that you have that, do you feel like that is part of what allows you to just focus on driving? It, it allows you to just focus on maybe a singular thing? Yeah, I mean, it's the entire body of work is why we've been able to get here. I mean, it, was, it wasn't that long ago that I was start parking race cars to just get to the track and experience these racetracks um, to then come back one year later and win that same race that the year before I ran 30 laps and pulled in. I came back and we won at, at Gateway. So um, it's all those experiences that have got me here. And then I've, I've went through the trucks and Xfinity playoff run and learned a lot. It's nothing like Cup. In a lot of ways, this is way more intense and, and a lot more on the line, but um, I, I have experienced those, so I at least know what not to do in some instances. Um, but I'm learning, as you guys watch us, you know, grow as track house and we're new to the scene, We're I'm learning and Daniel's learning as well because we've never won races in the Cup Series. Our crew chiefs and spotters have never won races, so we're all learning together and um, evolving quickly. Ross, before we let you go, I got to ask you what what is sweeter, uh, potentially winning a championship this year or a fresh Florida sun ripened watermelon off the family farm? Mm. Well, the good thing is, fall watermelons are being harvested right now back home in Florida, so ah. we could have a fresh Florida watermelon. <laughs> and what would it mean for you to smash that fresh Florida well, watermelon might have on to that smash track? More than one, yeah, smash it on that yeah. track in Phoenix. Well. Um, it, Coda and Talladega, they've never tasted sweeter than the ones I busted there. So I, um, I imagine it'd be the same way. It's been an incredible run this year. We wish you luck down the stretch here. Ross Chastain joining the program. Thank you so much, Ross. Go get him, Ross. Thanks. Good times. Yeah, I don't know that the uh, the, the vodka uh, watermelon infused, I, I think it was a good idea. I know you kind of mentioned it before. This I is, was behind it. This has legs. It does. Maybe he, you know, maybe you need to pitch it to Pitbull himself. Oh, he's going to see this. He's a subscriber to the NodPod, I'm sure. He's going to hear this. <laughs> he will take that idea and run with it for sure. All right, Chris, what do you say we spin it around the track with our old pal Larry Mack with NASCAR on Fox. Larry, uh, thanks for joining the show. Uh, real quick, I want to ask you off the gate, out of the gates, uh, how's your son-in-law, Jordan Anderson, doing? Uh, we know he was involved in that crash Talladega about a month ago. Just any updates on him? Yeah, I do, and, they, and they're really good, Scott. Good. Uh, I actually saw Jordan a few nights ago, and it's just a little over three weeks since that accident happened. Of course, he had burns on his face on the right side of his neck his right arm both of his knees and he went to the wake forest burn center about a week ago and mm -hmm. the doctors were amazed they said normally the degree of burns that you had we will not see this type of healing to maybe about five or six weeks out 
Uh, honestly, looking at his face and his neck, if I did not know he had been burned, I would not even know it. Uh, getting some energy back, has been going to his race shop a little bit. Um, everything's good. I, and the best thing I can tell you, God is an awesome God. There's no yes. doubt. Amen. Obviously, that is great news and a way to start it off uh, today. Uh, all right. Now to a little bit more lighter news. Larry, more intense. The, the playoff coming down to the, to, the, to the final stretch here or kickoff Iron Bowl in the McReynolds household. <laughs> that's a that's a tough one to weigh out right there. I just hope we're still hanging on by the time we get to the Iron Bowl. You know, they they let me down against Tennessee here a couple of weeks ago up there in Knoxville. Oh. Pretty intense, just just different intensity. Well, well, Larry, you're on my favorite subject now, so Scott's going to regret that we went down this road. I'll get us off track off of racing a big time here. I'm a huge Alabama fan, as is our producer, Brian King. And so I wanted to ask you about that anyway. Does it feel to you that, you know, we saw last year Alabama loses to Texas A&M, still makes the playoff runs the table. This team seems to have problems, though. Do you see this as a playoff team? I do not. I, I The jury's still out. If they can get this discipline down, I think the talent's there. But, yeah, it's not it's not the same team we had last year. Can I break up this Alabama party now? Uh, can I no. step in? Can I slide <laughs> in? Uh, Larry and I need a side podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. The, the Tide Pod. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that's <laughs> There you go. Hey, I'm sure it is. Uh, Larry, I know you're good in the prediction biz here. So, as we look at uh, this final stretch here, uh, any surprises that you can kind of throw out there that we can keep an eye on? Boy, I, I, I'm telling you, Scott, it, it's it's just crazy out of control right now. I, I'm I'm glad I don't make my living gambling on NASCAR. I would be eating out of a trash can right now because it, there's just it's just hard to predict anything right now. But I'm gonna tell you, Ross Chastain, yeah, he may be the guy that's laying in the weeds right now. Trackhouse Racing, only their second year in existence. Ross's first year there. And he was really strong at Phoenix earlier in the year, up there racing with Chase Briscoe, who won the race, and Tyler Reddick. And um, this group, they're, they're just hitting on all cylinders right now. I would say that's probably the biggest surprise right now. Well, the yeah. success may not be a surprise because he's got the best spotter in the biz, right? Is this <laughs> is correct, I wouldn't Brent? Bring that up. <laughs> ah, there you go. How you cool is this for your son to be a part of this run? And, and of course, Brandon is the, is the spotter for, for Ross Chastain. Yeah, I'm really proud of Brandon. This is the second year that he spotted for Ross. And let's face it, it was a little bit of a bumpy road for Ross back during the summer with his run-ins with Denny Hamlin, his run-ins with Chase Elliott. And, you know, I talked to Brandon about it on Monday. He said, Dad, I'm spotting. I'm not driving the car. I said, no, I, I get it. But I said, just remember, there are things you can say that you can anticipate that you may can head it off at the path before it actually happens. But no. Really proud uh, of Brandon, and the championship is such a tough deal. It's timing. It's timing of going to one race, one race weekend, one track, and all coming together. You know, and uh, it looks like to me, I, I don't know if it'll be any different this year to win that championship. You're going to have to actually go out there and win the race. Can, can you explain, Larry, for casual NASCAR fans <laughs> that might just be tuning in to see how this plays out and maybe I'm speaking a little too much from my personal experience here as I've tried to um, kind of figure out NASCAR's playoff system and how this works okay so we get down to the final eight then the final four what are all these other drivers on the track doing are they just out there to cause the other drivers to crash 
what why why do we see you know so many cars participating and how does that work yeah that is the unique thing about about our our playoff system you know we we eliminate drivers as far as being playoff eligible but we don't eliminate drivers being on the racetrack and you know they're still out there trying to win for their team win for their organization win for their sponsor and that's the unique thing i will say this my observation when we do get to phoenix and those other 32, 33 drivers know there's four drivers out there battling for their championship. I mean, they're still there to perform. They're still there to try to win, but they will be a little more respectful of those four drivers. Maybe instead of giving them a foot, give them a foot and a half, maybe instead of being on their bumper six inches off, maybe be a foot and a half off the rear bumper, they will be a little more respectful for those four drivers that's out there trying to win that championship. They don't want to be the guy in the headlines on Monday right. that, you know, John Smith, driver of the, the double zero car, calls, you know, this other guy the championship. They don't want to be in the headlines that way. That's my grandfather's name, by the way. John Smith? He's the most generic name of all time. <laughs> I have a feeling he only gives people you know, a foot and a half when he's driving yeah, too. he had that reputation yeah. yeah larry how would you grade out the next gen car uh one year in i know we've had some safety concerns uh overall what would you grade it yeah probably scott i, I i'll give it a b maybe a strong b the performance has really been good you, you know we've been we've been a little weak at maybe some of our short tracks maybe some of our road courses but all in all at the intermediates the super speedways it, it, the performance has been unbelievable. The, the parity that it's created. But yeah, there are still things to work on and there are things that's being worked on. Safety being the number one thing. Uh, there's gonna be some changes made in the rear of the car before we go to Daytona next February, before 2023 to create a little more crush. We still have a couple of drivers out with concussions. But all in all, when you think about something that was created with a clean sheet of paper, and we now, when it's all said and done, we're going to race 38 race weekends in a 40-week period with 36-plus teams. Actually, really, the problems have been a bare minimum. But I think the biggest one on everybody's radar is certainly the safety part of it. Larry, you're one of those guys that, that folks would just love to sit around a campfire with and, and hear some stories. And I and I want to pry a few out of you. And you mentioned Daytona next year, and it's going to be the 25th anniversary of Dale's win there. Um, can you tell us all the story about leading up to that race, missing from a practice session, you can't find Dale, and and the lucky penny that got it done. Yeah, it's still a story that kind of, I get a lump in my throat when I talk about it. You know, we had had the perfect speed weeks down there. That, that car was so good, and every practice, he was so happy with that car. And we got ready to run that happy hour, and when he left the garage, Jerry, he didn't even get down pit road good. He came on radio and said, something's wrong with the engine. So the guys finally pulled the valve covers off and it had a broke rocker arm and a bent push rod. So they very meticulously changed out that push rod, changed out the rocker arm, checked everything out, bolted it back up. We went back out there, ran fine, and the car was just as good as it had been all week. So Dale's ritual, when happy hour or final practice would end, He'd, he'd, he'd go to pit road, get a Goodyear tire sheet. He'd get out of the car. The guys would come push it. He'd guide it through the through the window. Well, here comes the car, but no Dale. 
And so I asked the guys, I said, Where, where's Dale at? Well, he's out on pit road talking with some fans. I said, great. He picked a wonderful time to be hospitable with fans. I need to talk to him. We need to get together as a group and make a decision about this engine. So I stood there and stood there and stood there. And here he finally comes. And he's in a, he's in a, a dead trot. And he walks by me like I'm not even standing there. And he's over the toolbox, digging through drawers. I walk over, I was, what, what are you doing? Wait a minute, I got something I gotta do. I said, well, if you'll tell me what you're trying to do, maybe I can help you. And then we'll <laughs> talk about this engine. You think that might be a pretty good idea? He said, I got something I wanna glue on the dash. And, and he had this penny and he had a tube of yellow glue and he had enough yellow glue on that penny to glue a hundred pennies on the dash. It was running down the arm of his uniform. I said, Dale, stop, just stop, just stop. Tell me what you want, let me do it. He said, I'm gonna glue this penny on the dash. I said, okay, done. I glued the penny on the dash. Well, come to find out, he was not mixing and mingling with race fans. He was out there with a little make-a-wish child. Her name was Wessa Miller. She was 11 years old. And her wish was to come to Daytona and meet her hero, Dale Earnhardt. Mm. And when I found that out, I felt about about that tall. About penny you know? size, like, yeah. Anyhow, got the penny glued on the dash. Uh, we did end up making the decision to change the engine, started that Daytona 500 with a brand new engine, but it worked out pretty good for us. Yeah, certainly did. That penny's still uh, glued to the dash, huh? It is up there at the RCR Museum. You walk in there, and if you stick your head over there on the right side of the dash, you'll see that... Uh, that penny's still glued there. That's incredible. At the risk of keeping you too long, I just wanted to ask one more story. The time when Dale, uh, he cussed out Bill French on the headset? Well, it was almost me that cussed out <laughs> Bill French oh, no. Jr. on the head. So, funny story. So when I went to work at Richard Childress Racing at the beginning of 1997, and we got ready to start the year, Richard Childress, the owner, said, I just want to warn you about something. He said, as you know, Bill French Jr. and Dale are big buddies. They go off fishing together. They're just, they're friends. And he said, actually, Bill French Jr. has one of our radios. And once in a while, under caution, he might talk to Dale. That's okay, no big deal. <laughs> well, he never, he never happened in 1997 because we didn't run very good. We went the whole year and never even won a race. So he didn't really have a whole lot he wanted to say to Dale anyhow, but I totally had forgotten about it. Totally, totally, completely forgot about it. So we get to this Daytona 500, February of 1998. That last caution came out with about 20, 25 laps to go. And we pitted the two right side tires as most everybody did, won the battle off pit road. And I'm telling you at that point, if you'd have just thumped me, I'd have probably just crumbled into pieces. <laughs> you know, we're going to get a restart here with about 17, 18 laps to go. And uh, it's ours It's ours to win. And so we're waiting on one to go, to go back racing. And like I say, I, you, you couldn't have drove a 10-penny nail up me at that point. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden, I hear somebody on the radio go, Hey, Sunday money, Captain Jack here. And I'm thinking... <laughs> What the hell? Who is Captain Jack? And Richard sees me that I'm about to lose it. And I was probably about five to 10 seconds from being kicked out of NASCAR 
for the rest of my life because I was fixing to give Captain Jack, whoever he was, the biggest cussing he'd ever had in his life. But Richard kept going, and he was pointing up like to the NASCAR tower. And I went, oh, Captain Jack, I get it. So I, I calmed down, and, and he just simply said, hey, you know, again, they use fishing terms. He said, uh, Sunday money, this is Captain Jack. Don't you think it's time to go out there and snag that big one today? And uh, <laughs> Sunday money came back and said, I'm going to do all I can, Captain Jack. And that was that was the end of the conversation. But oh thank gosh. the Lord Richard saw me because I was, I was <laughs> fixing to end my NASCAR career right there. Richard saved you there. Well, <laughs> we would not want to think about NASCAR without you, that's for sure. You bring something to it all the time when you're broadcasting. And also you've, uh, you know, rejoined uh, – uh, pit row uh this past april do you look forward to doing that possibly some next season and how special was that for you to uh to race with jeffrey earnhardt grandson of dale uh do you see yourself getting back uh to some down in the, uh, down in the pit? Ne never never say never that that probably was a one-off deal you, you know but i was very flattered very honored to be asked i mean i had not been on the pit box in 21 22 years but to go to my home track talladega with an earnhardt uh, you know, the funny thing about it, we ran second. And if you spin, the, spin it back to 25 years ago, the spring race of 1997 at Talladega with a three car in Dale, we ran second that day yeah. uh, to Mark Martin. So hard to make this stuff up. But to go to Talladega, a place that the Earnhardts love, my home track, a three car Richard Childress racing, uh, and to sit on the pole and run second. Uh, would I do it again? Absolutely, but I, I don't know. I think that ship has left the harbor and probably not coming back. <laughs> well, we will see. Well, we know that uh, you're always insightful when it comes to breaking down NASCAR as well as Alabama football. And uh, for that, Chris, of course, thanks you. But we thank you for your time, and uh, we'll continue to lock in. Every week he, he joins us uh, as we break down these races on Fox, and now we're coming to the home stretch here, the great Larry McReynolds. Thank you so much, Larry. Thank you, Larry. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Well, two of the four guys have won it all before. Chris Chase Elliott won in 2020, Joey Logano in 2018. So Christopher Bell and Ross Chastain seeking their first uh, playoff championship. So 3 o'clock, Phoenix on Sunday. Should be great. Yeah, we'll good stuff. Watching. And if you're watching, the, of course, the Sunday night broadcast, then you already know. Everything we just talked about, yeah. you're like, yeah, I, Scott, we know. We already watched that earlier yeah. today. Anyway, let's bring in Brian King and, and BK. I, I know you always are one to, to love the NASCAR chats. And, uh, of course, stories from Larry McReynolds are, um, well, they're storied. And uh, we always love to, to hear from him. So He's got some stories, doesn't he? He, he sure does. <laughs> you know, it, it, there's, it takes a certain skill set to be able to hold court and tell a good story and have everybody kind of stay locked in. Yeah. And he's got that whatever that is, that knack. He does. You know? That's why he's the man. He's yeah. the America's crew chief. All right. So uh, you tease it off the top of the show. It's uh, the Powerball. We're Powerball. All, we're all hoping to make it rich one day. Uh, and thinking a this is the one time of year. Quick we, pick is yeah. it? For yeah. some reason, we never buy tickets when it's only you know two hundred fifty million. That's yeah, not right. good That's enough. That's not. Yeah. After yeah, we, the government takes their chunk in. Well, the odds to win the Powerball yeah. is one in two hundred and ninety-two million, okay. roughly. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. So you got better odds of drowning in a bathtub oh, than winning this Powerball. Yeah. Thank you. I'm not surprised. Yes. Especially the way I bathe. That's <laughs> so sleepy. <laughs> so sleepy in the bathtub. You have uh, better <laughs> Your odds. odds just went up. <laughs> better odds being killed by a vending machine. Okay. That oh. happened. You know, when, hey, when the bag of Fritos sticks on that last little curl and you just you want to 
shake it. It's probably when you shake it and it falls on you, right? Yeah, well, I was thinking more of eating the sandwiches out of the vending machine. Oh, I no, I was thinking of what he said, like the vending machine falling on you or just ejecting a hard piece of, you know, candy really hard into your, <laughs> straight down your throat and you choke. Yeah. Yes, that would, that would stink. Did you realize, as I'm, you know. Yeah, you have another one for stealing us? Stealing some of Brian's thunder <laughs> no. here. Always the, the one-upper. This is crazy. If you're in the United States, you have a one- in 75,000 chance of being killed by an asteroid. How many that, that's, have you ever heard of somebody being killed by an asteroid? Because I've heard no, of people winning the lottery. No, I have. I've only There's only one documented instance of something on this Earth being killed by an asteroid. And, of course, all of us science geeks know by the time it hits the Earth, it is now a meteorite. And that happened in 1972 to a cow in Venezuela was cut in half by a meteorite. That's the only documented time something's say. been killed by it. Uh, there could have been some, you know, prehistoric, uh, maybe Neanderthals or something that it happened to. But Yeah, um, it sounds like you then have better chances of winning the, the Powerball, right? Now, there was a woman in Sylacauga, Alabama, Brian will know where that is, who got did get hit by a grapefruit-sized grapefruit meteorite, came through her roof, bounced off of the wall, and hit her in the leg. Didn't Wait, kill her. it bounced off the wall? What are her walls made out of? <laughs> Like hey. titanium walls in, in Alabama? In Silicaga, man, we got some good. It's silicone. It's silicone walls in Silicaga. It's very rubbery. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Well, it sounds like you have better chances of winning the Powerball than, than hitting, getting hit by an asteroid. No. So I don't know who does the math on you, this. No, one in 75,000 chance of getting hit by That's an asteroid. That's what they say, but it's never happened. And people win the, the lottery every year. I think it's a good thing. Well, Okay, I think it's who's a, coming up with these odds? I think it's just people that come up with. Is, they're just the, trying to write something scandalous. No, this is the National Safety Council. It's government funded yeah, to research well, these things that could kill I, us. I don't believe this is why I think it's someone a, who's. It's the intern that's in jail. Okay, tell us something that's uh, you're more likely to get. So this is the reason NASA has. Did you see this experiment? Not experiment, but test they did a, a couple months ago where they shot the. Um, projectile into space to see if they could knock the asteroid off course and they did it was successful did you see this yeah i saw the movie uh back in like 97 it was okay. great no this was don't a real wanna close uh, my eyes this, oh, this is not no this is not bruce willis this is a real thing okay. uh, you know they, they knocked it off course so we're gonna need that one day uh, and you'll be glad they researched this okay but you you know if you win 1.2 billion you can just jump in your spacecraft and fly away from the asteroid too. <laughs> the big takeaway is if you win share some with us so we could do something other than argue about meaningless things like this. All right. Say goodbye to Brian. Bye, Bye Brian. Brian. Thank you. Be, uh, Chris say goodbye to everybody. I I hope you guys had a, had a good time here with us. Remember who to vote for on election day yeah. for mayor of Nodpod? All right, to watch full-length of podcasts, head to fox13news.com slash nodpod. Hit the QR code on the screen. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. Get us every week in audio form. And, of course, you can find the show on all social media pages. Big thanks to Ross Chastain, Larry McReynolds, Chris Cato, Brian King, our production crew here from Nodpod Studios. Until the next time we're on, there are no off days. And I don't want to miss a thing. Oh, baby.